Hello, this is Paul McGann. And this is Jake McGann. And you and are you're listening, listening to, to Travelling the Vortex. Ding dong. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed episode number 266. The TARDIS, not so much a spaceship, more of a shed. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Good. I'm having fun in my shed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's in the news, Keith? Netflix and Hulu. Dropping Doctor Who and classic Doctor Who effective... Today. Today. What are you guys thinking about? They were recording. What, 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 what can I think about it? It's, it's, it's a shame. I, it's a shame. I'm upset. I'm not that devastated. Netflix had a great selection of classic. They didn't have a great selection. I mean, there's there's any number of things I could lump into the. It's a it's a shame uh, for the trying to get new view new viewers and new fans. I think category. that's the worst. What affects me the most because, quite frankly, I have all of New Who available we, to yeah. me on DVD and Blu-rays. Yeah, and I have a good chunk of classic series on DVD. And that's often the first place I go. Oh, yeah. I, I will go to my something. DVD before I go to Netflix. So I feel bad for the people that don't have access to the DVDs and to the Blu-rays and things like that. Uh, and it, it's a shame that they won't pick up new viewers that way because it's not available to somebody to say, hey, that's on Netflix. I'll give it a try. Yeah. But on the other hand, I don't have a lot invested in the Netflix side of that. I love Netflix. I have Netflix. I watch Netflix all the time. <laughs> But that isn't where I go get my Doctor Who. So yeah. I think I'm, I'm kind of a poor judge as to whether how affected I am by it because I'm really not. Um, it does. It was. It will kind of affect us as a podcast in the sense that if people are utilizing Netflix for Friday, Friday Night Who, yeah. there might be people that aren't available, uh, won't be available to watch because they just don't have access to the episodes anymore. Yeah. Which and, and it was also. Oh, I know a lot of people wait for the new season. To show up on Netflix because they don't have access to it on BBC America and the DVDs are expensive. And so that that's unfortunate also in the fact that they won't have as easy of access to it. Hopefully everyone has a good library that where they can go pick up the DVDs. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that, that's, the, that's the thing. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I kind of, I own most of it because I wanted to own most of it. I needed to own most of it. And I like watching most of most it. of it, <laughs> but um, it's it's just frustrating that there are now two less avenues for people yeah. to go to. Um, and you know, do I have a problem with the fact that BBC <laughs> is setting up their own? Well, that's, that's yeah, that's what I was going to jump to. Is that that you're, that. You're not, sorry, I'll, no, I'll that's wait. Fine. That's fine. Go ahead. Should, no, we should go ahead and talk about that. Yeah, be, uh, on, shortly on the heels of of the news that it's dropping off and. That it's not, uh, and we should we should also clarify that it's it's still going to be on Netflix UK. Yeah, it's it's just the U.S. territories uh, that are losing right. Netflix. I don't know about Hulu as far as if they have UK Hulu or not. I have no idea. Um, but a BBC spokesman said that the exact details about a new streaming service is not available, but they hope to announce a new digital partner for Doctor Who shortly. And it was like six months ago, uh, the Guardian uh, reported on it back in September that uh, BBC's Director General said, we are launching a new over-the-top video service in America offering BBC fans programs they wouldn't get otherwise, showcasing British actors, our program makers, and celebrating our culture. So it, it rather sounds like they're moving towards a streaming platform in the US which explains why they part of yeah chose not to renew the contracts well and they just launched the BBC store in the UK where you can purchase everything i kind of hope that it's more of a streaming option i'd be more willing to subscribe to a unlimited streaming streaming as opposed to digital purchases right cuz why why would i go to them instead of itunes or amazon or you know buy a disc for your local dvd store yeah yeah um, and that's the thing. I mean, do I, am I am I troubled with the fact that BBC is setting up their own streaming service for this? Not really. Uh, that's kind of the trend. It's where everything is going. CBS has one. ABC has one. It really depends on the price of it. Yeah. If if it's an affordable price, and if they offer me a large back catalog of classic Who that others didn't, or if well, that Hulu, quite. even if it's just what Hulu had, I would be tempted to 
if it's a decent price. Well, quite frankly, it's got to have a lot more than just Doctor Who on oh, it for me yeah. to pay a monthly fee. Uh, again, because I have a good chunk of Doctor Who that I already have sitting on my shelves. But if if it has a good back catalog of stuff that I genuinely can't get anywhere else and stuff that looks interesting and intriguing, then yeah, I, I'll pay not more than ten dollars a month for it. But no. I, I would I would hope that it's less than that, especially yeah. since it is such a limit. I mean, even based even with all of the content that they can provide, it's still more limited than, say, Hulu or Netflix or something oh, that yeah. has, you know, licenses like crazy, very, you know, several different licenses from different venues. Well, and what's also interesting is it's not, from what I've seen, pretty much it's only Doctor Who that's dropping off British-wise. BBC stuff, uh, Sherlock is still on there, so it's it's kind of... I would think those things would start falling off, too, if they were more imminent on launching a streaming service that was going to have all those things, too. Makes me wonder, though, if the Sherlock... Oh, that's PBS, Sherlock too, works out differently so. because, yeah, PBS has a vested interest in that, and it's available for free on... I mean, you can, you can stream Sherlock on the PBS... Oh, yeah, the website. Website and, well, and a streaming app for free. Yeah, yeah. Torchwood and Broadchurch are not dropping off, either, yeah, so, so that's that's what makes me wonder if... Hmm. It's interesting. I, it's, yeah. I, I, again, it's it's really. I feel. I really feel for the people that are losing it and ha- losing their access to it. And I, I see all these posts. You know, save uh, Doctor Who on Netflix. Petition to contact Netflix. You know, all these things that the the efforts that are trying. And I, ju- I just keep looking at them, going, "Good luck." I mean, it's. Of course, it, we I, I certainly genuinely they, wish they them good luck. So, yeah. Well, and you know. What it really boils down to, in a way, I think, is it strengthens the case for if this is something you care about, go plunk down the money and go buy the DVD or go buy the Blu-ray. Support them in that manner. So the problem that is the, the you own the, it. The, the Blu-rays, new who you're not going to have a hard time probably getting. The, the problem is the, the DVDs it's, are continually falling off of or falling onto moratorium, and it's yeah. becoming harder and harder to find the DVDs. And as Keith pointed out. The DVDs are rather expensive for Especially one story of Doctor Who, a you piece of a you, season. You know, you're spending yeah. as much as you would some box sets for series, you know, for series for uh, TV series that are out there already. Mm-hmm. I can buy an entire season of Cheers on DVD, which is 23 to 26 episodes, for the same price that I can buy four episodes of a Doctor Who story. And I mean, now granted, they did they did a very good job back when they were doing these of putting a lot of extras and actually making it more bang for the buck. But a lot of people are not going to care so much for all that extra content, and and it's it, it's tougher to go out there and pay plop down an average of thirty dollars for a DVD to get one story rather than stream it for. And, and, and that depends it's on what it is for the too. new fans to dip their toe into it that way. Yeah, because that is true. You're not going to run they, out they, they don't know what, Blu-ray or DVD unless you. Yeah, unless already, they know. Or have somebody leading you to say, "Okay, get this one." That's very true, and that, that I mean, for for a Doctor Who fan, I think it's worth the investment. And it's, I mean, they'll run anywhere. Even even new copies will run anywhere between fourteen and thirty five, depending on where you go to shop. Yeah. Um, but um, for a, a newer fan that has not experienced any classic Who, now all of a sudden, where do you go to find it? And so they're, you know, in, Which in a way, hopefully they'll start going to iTunes and digitally renting them that way, and then going and finding the DVDs after they watch the digital copy. Well, and maybe we'll see a resurgence of public television stations picking them back up again, like uh-huh. what the guys are doing down in Wichita. I yeah, mean, it's possible too. <laughs> and anything is possible, but it's just. I think that's a fluke. I don't think that's. <laughs> That's that's t- that's a tough sell for a PBS station, it's, especially it's, since the BBC now wants to make some money, and that's why they're moving this yeah. direction. And I, I have a feeling that last year, I bet it was. I'm just this is all speculation on my part, but last year when this happened, and fans rushed to Netflix and said, "We want you to keep Doctor Who on Netflix," I have a feeling that that was probably a negotiation between Netflix and and the BBC. And I suspect that the BBC, knowing that they had a commodity like Doctor Who, was asking for more for that license. And I think Netflix didn't feel that they needed to pay what BBC was asking. And so they began to play the game of we're going to put out there that it's leaving Netflix and and gauge the 
popularity engaged the interest yeah. out there. And I think when the fans all came out of the woodwork and said, please keep it, and so they, they met a probably higher negotiating price than they would have had they not had the push for it. I suspect this time that the BBC probably either, <clears throat> A, put a larger number or didn't even give them an option and said, the license is out, we have no interest in renewing with Netflix because they have another plan, which yeah. would be the streaming service. So it seems to me that th- it could be all for naught, no matter how much we beg and plead Netflix to renegotiate that contract. There may not even be a contract to negotiate. It may just be yeah, going away true. because BBC has taken any sort of negotiations off the table because they don't need it now. They want they need they need something to bolster their streaming service and they might see Doctor Who as that thing to bolster it. Yeah. I would hope also that then they they would start I know BBC recently just did a rebroadcast of a classic episode um over in the UK. And I would hope that they and America would start stepping up the the repeats a bit more that way. That, that would be a bigger incentive to subscribe to a higher cable channel in order to get that that channel to see it a little easier. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, like when they did the breakfast with Baker and you know things that I kind of had hoped were not going to be just limited run, yeah, flash in the pan promotional stunts, but instead become an actual an actual thing. And they weren't, um, but. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll be, nope, you've got to get it here. <laughs> I mean, that's certainly one way to drive up the prices if they removed it from every other viable oh, option. Yeah. If there was no Doctor <coughs> Who being shown anywhere, <coughs> and you had to pay for that streaming service in order to be able to watch it. That almost, that almost seems like shooting yourself in the foot, though. You would think. But again, it depends on how much value they put in there. If they yeah, go ahead true. and load up, I mean, let's, let's, be, let's be honest here, Keith. If they loaded it up with episodes of Absolutely Fabulous and Black Adder, Glenn's going to subscribe to the thing. <laughs> so, true. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and especially if there's shows that we didn't have access to on Netflix before, mm-hmm. like the rest of Gavin and Stacey or something like that. Was that BBC or was that I don't one remember. of the other networks? Until I realized Downton wasn't on BBC, I was assumed everything was. <laughs> so I, I can't keep track. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean there's more than one channel? <laughs> BBC One, Two, Three, and Four, right? It's on BBC, right? I saw European Vacation. There's one channel of the BBC, and the rest of them is making cheese. It's cheese and snow. <laughs> well, let's move on to... Now that we've insulted everybody in the British Isles. <laughs> that's okay. you, you guys are much happier than we are. You know why? If you had more channels, you could watch things like the Kardashians. And who wants to do and that? And who wants to do that? Feedback. Our feedback this week comes from Scott. <laughs> I totally thought you were going to watch into a commercial. <laughs> you tell what I do for my day job now as I'm listening for them. Our feedback this week is brought to you by Alpo. I just, oh. just I don't know. Nope. Nope, well, now I've got to bleep Alpo. <laughs> you can't say Alpo? Well, if you say Alpo, then they're going to come after us because... No, they're not going to come after us. They absolutely would love free advertising. But I'm not advertising Alpo, so I'm going to have to... I don't even feel- Every instance of us saying Alpo is going to have to be bleeped out of our show because we're not getting any financial compensation for I don't it. even feed Cody Alpo. I will give you a dime right now if I can tune into this tomorrow and listen to every time we say beep that there is a beep <laughs> because you went and beep them all out. I don't have to beep those though because <laughs> no, you just I, did, I did those for, for you. That's for <laughs> that's, that's work. I'm I'm collecting a dime for every one of those beeps. No, I didn't say did. for every one. I said I would give you a dime. Oh. No. <laughs> that was for the benefit of the joke in case you decided not to spend the time to ah, actually bleep I them see. out so that people would understand oh. what was going on. But I was going to say Alpo probably another 200,000 times <laughs> <laughs> just to run that tab up. And then bleep every one of them. Every bleeping one of them. Every bleeping one of them. <laughs> Anyways. He's been eating Bassett's Jelly Beans. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast brought to you by Blue Microphones. (laughs) Uh, Recorded on a MacBook Pro. (laughs) Scott's coming to you live from beautiful downtown Topeka. Almost. No one's going to pay us for that. (laughs) Go Topeka mine. Uh, Uh, No. No. (laughs) 
That's the other part of my day job. I keep giving stuff away for free. I need to stop doing that. <laughs> In fact, why am I not getting paid for sitting here? I've yet to figure that out. You're getting paid with jelly babies. Ooh. <laughs> of course, what he doesn't realize is he bought those jelly babies. <laughs> oh, they were presents. Oh. oh. See, there you go. Okay. Delicious and nutritious. Tastes just like chicken. Uh, chicken flavored jelly babies. <laughs> Leave it to the Americans. Don't <laughs> muck that out. <laughs> you know, worse could be Marmite flavored jelly babies. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, worst practical joke ever. <laughs> hey, look at jelly baby. Oh, God, Marmite. <laughs> I wonder if you can jelly Marmite. They comes in a variety of formats. Yeah, but I mean, I just wonder. <laughs> formats. It's not videotape. <laughs> Might as well be. It tastes about as good. <laughs> I wonder. Nope. <laughs> I'd rather have a mouthful of video. Have you ever video eaten video games? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, no, I just I wonder if. I wonder. You know what would be really fun is you know the the jelly the jelly uh not jelly baby the the jelly bean bamboozled thing where you spin the dial and you it's like Bert's bots every flavor bean but it's it's colors but it's like toothpaste or. <coughs> Berry something, or skunk, or you not heard of these? No. Yeah, apparently it's this, what you're it's talking this, it's about. This candy you can buy. It's it's the jelly beans, uh, jelly belly. It's called Bean Boozled, and it comes with a spin dial where it's every color is one of two flavors: something good or something disgusting. So it's like peach or vomit. Oh. And so you spin it, and you get the you have to choose you, that chooses your color, and then you get to find out which one it is. We should do that with jelly babies, but make it marmite as the other all option. Of no, all <laughs> of them are marmite. It's, it's either, jelly baby or marmite. It's either grape or marmite. <laughs> Alpo. <laughs> I, I I'd never heard of that before, oh. Keith. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's I called bamboozle. Bean boozle. Bean boozle. I figured you had because you were kids, because that's how I found out about it. it was out from uh, my kids? Yeah, Audie. Oh, uh, not my kids. <laughs> no, no I didn't find out from your kids. Okay, Audie had them, and it's quite fun. Let's be honest; all of our information comes from kids. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> A good chunk of mine does. I just, I, I, I don't know. I wonder if you could jelly marmite, or if it would, if if the the structural integrity of that is such that it would resist. Any attempt to form it into anything other than Marmite. You know what I mean? Well, they made those Marmite chips that, uh... Who sent us that picture? Oh, yeah. You remember those? They, yeah, well, yeah. Maybe they were just baked into the... It could be. <laughs> I don't know. Because I don't think you It can... seems like Marmite chips would be fairly easy to make. Well, yeah. I mean, it may be very... It may be... Maybe it's the best thing ever. I mean, I'm willing to bet you could spackle a house with Marmite. <laughs> I could hang shingles and <laughs> do masonry work and all kinds of things. I could build a bridge and a dam at the same time. All what I need is marmite. What have we gotten feedback? <laughs> Scott. Scott says, "Am I first in line?" Hello, Kansas crew. Come on down, Scott. You're first <laughs> on feedback. Well, it's been a long time since I've written. I have kept up with the podcast and everything. Congratulations on this. Sports successes and personal achievements. Sports successes. Our Royals winning the oh, World Series. Oh, oh, the okay. Chiefs making it to the playoffs. The shirt. Okay. You know, the sports ball. <laughs> uh, I will write again other times about other topics, but I'm trying to start a new hot rumor. Ooh. Olivia Coleman as the next doctor. She has all the qualifications, well-known and respected in the U.K., BAFTA winner, has done comedy in a couple of Mitchell and Webb series uh, shows and most and her recent time on Broadchurch with David with Tennant. That's enough for now. Oh, I'm writing this on January thirtieth, twenty sixteen. Can Cat be my witness? Ha ha ha. I will be writing again. Take care. <laughs> Scott. Thank you, Scott. I think of, uh, Olivia Coleman. Uh, you know, I'm not that familiar with her other than from uh, Mitchell and Webb. Yeah, she was in Hot Fuzz. I don't the remember her that well. Who? Yeah, she was in an episode. 
that one episode of Who. Um, she doesn't play. Of course, she plays Prisoner Zero. Right. right. So it's not like it's uh, well, one of the versions of Prisoner Zero. Yeah. She, uh, yeah, I, she's in that. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, but they, I know her from Mitchell and Webb. That's pretty much. She was on the first three or four seasons of that. Hmm. What's that other thing that she did with uh, David Tennant? Roger. Roger. Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> I still the haven't one watched that. Got mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't watched them. Yeah. So I don't know. She, she was in the Five-ish Doctors reboot. Yeah, she was. She was. She was, she was the, the beginning with uh, with Pertwee's kid, uh, Sean. Sean. <laughs> Pertwee's kid. <laughs> I, can, I can remember his first name. Uh, Olivia. Huh. I have to. I have to. Uh, you know what, Scott? I will watch what, what some more. What Hot Fuzz? She was uh, uh, it was a small role. No, she was one of the other cops at the station. She yeah. was the one that kind of had the, uh, oh, the the naughty one who kept, oh right 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 <laughs> kept okay. insinuating that things were right. of a sexualized <laughs> nature when they weren't, or hoping that they were. <laughs> okay, I don't, I'll have to go back and rewatch that because I I kind of remember that role, but not not thoroughly. Peep Show. That's what I used to watch her on, not Mitchell. Although I, I watched her on uh, Mitchell and Webb, too. But uh, Peep Show. She was in Peep Show. <clears throat> she was in the first several seasons of Peep Show. I know what she looks like. Oh, okay. I just don't remember if Hot Fuzz. <laughs> it's been a really long time since I've watched Hot Fuzz. Well, that's something you shall have to remedy. Yeah. Well, that's it in feedback. Let's move on to our reviews. Dead London. Someone's playing with us, manipulating time and space for their own ends. The TARDIS lands in London, but which one? The Doctor and Lucy find themselves trapped in a maze of interlocking Londons from Roman times to the present day. But they are not alone in this labyrinth. A killer is on their trail. Dun, dun, dun. It's pretty good. Yeah. Good start to the second series for uh, the Eighth Doctor Adventures. <coughs> it, it, it's... Maybe because of the, the the period setting on part of it, something about it felt like, what was the Sixth Doctor story that was Victorian times? Or they thought it was, they were tracking down Jack the Ripper? Is that the one? We oh, recently just did? recently, yeah. Um, That's, it felt a lot like that. Yeah. I actually got more of a War Games vibe where they were going between time zones. I thought that was very War Games-like. Yeah, <clears throat> I did think of that also. Medicinal purposes. Yeah. Yes, that's it. And it wasn't uh, Jack the Ripper. It was Burke and Hare. Yeah. yeah. The Body Snatchers. Yeah. No, I, I did London for me because this is my second or third time going through this particular one because I've gone back to the Eighth Doctor ones again. Um, it's one, I, I think it kind of, it's a standard story and I, I don't mean that to be in a bad way at all. It's just, we land, there's a problem. It's a little bit of uh, subterfuge. There's some fun and then we get out of it. And that's, you know, yeah. that's, that's the kind of all minute, there is. That's the 45 minute format. It's, what it's, makes this one work for me? Paul McGann. Oh, oh, top to bottom. <laughs> Always. That's the default answer. For yeah, me. Come, so come on, tell something we don't know, Sean. <laughs> no, I, I, I literally, I, this one in particular, I, I just, I, I'm drawn to the fact that even if the material is subpar, and I don't, I'm not saying this one is, uh, you know, because as I said, it's, it's, it's standard, but even if the material is subpar, Paul McGann's there being awesome. And I'm, I'm really starting to like Lucy more. I was kind of on the fence on her most of the first season, but I think that the relationship she's developed with this doctor, now that they're a little less abrasive towards each other and more friendly, I'm starting to like her more. I think by the by the end of the last series, she was yeah. she, I'd really warmed to her, but yeah, I agree. I think this one carries over that same uh, relationship that we finally developed into at the end of the series, the series yeah. one. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And at the same time, the 45-minute format, it felt like, while I appreciated that they didn't really delve into all these side characters and flesh them out more and more and more, but it felt like they could have. I felt like there was a lot of interesting stuff that it easily could have been a classic Doctor story and stretched the four parts, and I would have enjoyed the entire ride. Because they had such good characters within the whole story, especially uh, Spring Hill Sophie. Yes, yeah, she was she was a highlight of this yeah. one. She was really enjoyable. Well, and and the uh, 
the villain, the bad guy, the Sepulchre. Yeah, Sepulchre. He was downright vicious. I mean, he was oh, yeah. you know creepy, maniacal, typical alien. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like the whole high, really high mind aspect of it, that he was kind of everywhere. <clears throat> and in order to basically get out of this, the doctor kind of severs that. You know. I wasn't sure how I felt about them actually being inside his mind. That was the weird thing. Was I was going to ask you guys, do you get the impression that they're still in her? Not not, not obviously the doctor and Lucy, but did, everyone else. Did, did everyone else just still be there and that's where they exist? And, yeah, and none now- of this was obviously real, but... To them, it was, and so did they. He just but leave it seems them like there, some of them and were everything was fine, in, right? Mm-hmm. Somehow, some of them right. were brought in. So, like Spring Hill Sophie right. was real at one she point. Just lived in, yeah. So, I, uh, just uh, yeah, it, it kind of left it a little ambiguous as to if they were still there, and he just made it a livable place for them. That's kind of the impression I got. That's yeah. what I got out of it. Okay, <laughs> which uh, again, that's kind of one of the. I don't know, ethically ambiguous at best, you know, endings. Because you have these people that, for all intents and purposes, have been kidnapped out of their proper time zones and put in this menagerie, and the doctor leaves them in the menagerie. He's rewritten the programming, so now that ostensibly all of these different time zones are going to grow and evolve kind of on their own, but they're still butted up against each other with this kind of mental block that nobody wants to move from one side to the other. Oh, yeah. You know, so what are the people in current modern-day London on their side of the river going to do when, you know, the 22nd century rolls around and they're still on their side of the river? And I think if if they had been able to explain to me that they weren't returned to their normal places that they came from because they couldn't be returned or they would die or something. If it would, that was explained, yeah. I would have had a more of a – I wouldn't have had as much of a moral <coughs> issue with it because I would have kind of realized, okay, well, this was the best for them. This was, this was a way for them to continue to survive in their existence and not put them in any sort of jeopardy. The way yeah. that it's left, it's almost like we could be revisiting this place some other time where the – how do you say that guy's name again? The Sepulchre? Sepulchre. Sep- 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 yeah, something that. like that. <laughs> Where he's regained some sort of you know hold, hold and, over yeah. them, then I don't know. And that was the only that was really my only problem with it was was them just up and leaving and, and everything well, being okay. And, and he was evil and everything, everything, but it is inside his mind. So well, did he, they just leave the guy that whatever this thing is a vegetable? I get the impression that he was separated because it, it wasn't like he was completely eliminated. He they just, no, he just they locked him up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So he is so, now a prisoner in his own mind. Still a vegetable. Well, but <laughs> I, guess, I guess I don't know. If enough we enough. didn't know the outside of of this, if he's in some pod somewhere, yeah, then that's okay. Laying there as a watch. Well, is it okay? Well, I don't know. It, it depends on if he was know. a vegetable before. Or is, or or is, is when we talk about this species, are we talking about a is it even uh, corporeal? Yeah, corporeal being. If it's not, then is, is there really yeah. a vegetative state state for something that's not <laughs> corporeal? I mean, it just it, it's. I it, it guess it left some questions at the end, and that was my only problem with it. Yeah, but overall, it was enjoyable, and yeah, I agree. Dude. McGann's performance was phenomenal. Um, Lucy was was wonderful. Sheridan Smith did, did a great job, and then and as you pointed out, Spring Hill Sophie, the gallop played her. Uh, Claire Buckfield was. Was phenomenal in it as well. Actually, returned to Who for her. She played um, uh, Trisha Tomorrow in Horror of Glam Rock. Ah, oh, okay. same actress as Spring Hill Sophie. On Katarina Olsen, the Yellow Barrel has done a lot of stuff. She was the headhunter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was also a little surprised. I kind of went into this expecting the setup for the season. And I didn't feel like we right, right, right. <laughs> like, this really felt like a standalone. There was no nugget that's going to carry through unless we do wind up coming back to his well, mind. I read somewhere, or I list. I think it was in the. There was a at the end of this. There is a uh, interview because they always do the uh, behind the scenes stuff. They were talking about how this one actually was recorded later, but they moved it to the beginning of the series because they had to do some juggling with the, ah. the series, and so that might be the reason. But I also remember our. Season one started out with a two-parter and ended with a two-parter, and this it's one, true. This one did. Yeah. So. 
I suspect that may be the reason for it is having just come off of a two-parter. Um, the the and 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 of course I have a little bit of foreknowledge knowing where this season's going that, uh, that they may have wanted to kind of break it up a little bit with a few more just little standalone adventures to kind of help cement the relationship between the two of them. And, uh, and, and, I, and I think it works. I think it fits really well, you know, where it does because you get the you get the sense that some time has passed since Human Resources. Oh yeah. But that we're still having a grand time and flying around the cosmos. I love the the dialogue in this. Pretty much everything, well, everything McGann says is <laughs> just well written. Um, what's his name here? Pat Mills. What else did Pat Mills write? Uh, Dead London and Scapegoat for Big Finish featuring the Eighth Doctor. Oh. The song or something. I can't pronounce that one. I, I guess this is that's it, which is interesting because I'm not a big fan of the Scapegoat. The, uh, <laughs> but it's just he, he he really captures the Ace Doctor. Yeah. The the you know the bit with the parking tickets and the you know only only the Ace Doctor could try explaining that out. You know. You know, well, yeah, I, I, I would have moved if somebody needed a spot. Oh, you make a habit of this. Well, yeah, <laughs> just that kind of of stuff. I can't. There's not another doctor that would fall into that as yeah. foppishly, if you will, as 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 the eighth doctor does. Uh, the guy that played the uh, name of the guy that we can't pronounce, <laughs> Sephika, Sephika, um, was uh, Rupert Vansittart, and he was uh, General Asquith in the uh, World War Three and Aliens of London. He was oh. one, I believe that was one of the Slee. <clears throat> Wasn't that the not the not the not the main guy and not the a woman obviously, but the, the third guy. The I guy think was so. was dressed as the uh, head of the military. I think that was, I think that's who that was. He was in Doctor Who in in series nine. Not series nine, series one. <laughs> Ninth Doctor. Yeah, that guy, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. That's I mean the the oh, he Yeah, that's yeah. The military one. Yeah. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't a Slovene until he wasn't a Slovene until over. they took him over. Yeah. But he, yeah. yeah, he plays a Slovene eventually. So he was also in Braveheart. Oh. Apparently so. It <laughs> remains of the day. And now you know we're on his Amdeba page. <laughs> Four weddings and a funeral. Um. What else? What else did I like about this? Um, oh, I really like that Lucy had a Beatles shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would like a that Beatles one. fan. Um, I liked I liked the the end of a revolution in the mind. Yeah, that that was kind of a cool. They way to tie tied it, it all into together. sort of a Beatles. Stuff. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> we have nothing else to say about this one. Enjoyable. Two thumbs up. Yay. Max warp. Welcome to Max Warp, broadcasting live from the Sinus Intergy Cruiser Show, hosted by outspoken columnist and media personality Jeffrey Vantage, with spaceship guru extraordinaire O'Reilly and daredevil pilot Timbo the Ferret, when a test flight of the new Kith Sunstorm ends in disaster. The serious exhibition station is plunged into a web of murder and intrigue. Someone, or something, is trying to reignite a war between the Varlon Empire and the Kith oligarchy. How do you say that? As the fate of the galaxy hangs in the balance, only two investigators, the Doctor and Lucy, can hope to uncover the truth. So strap yourself in, engage thrust, and prepare for Max Warp! Oh, really? What? I figured you'd have been... I was giving you the go-ahead for your... Dun, dun, dun. Oh, you want dun-dun? It was a dun-dun-dun. It was a mild dun-dun-dun. Just a I, mild dun-dun? I would, I would it give it enjoyable. a mild dun-dun-dun, too. It was enjoyable. Really? Yeah. Oh, I it was liked enjoyable. this one a lot. I liked it, too. I, I didn't think it was... I mean, again, when you really dun-dun-dun, you set the benchmark way too high, and I, I can't... I don't, the dun-dun-dun is not a good <laughs> barometer for whether it's I like something or not. It's a golden bow tie, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it'd go that high. No, no, no. I quite, enli- I, I quite enjoyed this one. I mean, it was... It was, it was what, what I liked about this is, and I'm by no means a Top Gear fan whatsoever. Well, and that's what they were parodying. I right. You but I have seen enough episodes of Top Gear to... Oh, yeah, I don't watch it all the time, but I've, I've seen probably maybe a half a season or uh. almost. Um I, I don't like cars, but it's it's very much, and I think they kind of allude to it in this story, that it's it's one of those things that you really, 
you you gravitate to it based on the characters of the of the show and, yeah. and just in the way like, that it's like done, the, the humor and the personality. But I actually I watch it also because I absolutely deplore Jeremy Clarkson. I do not like the guy, <laughs> but I find myself sitting there watching it because I. It's, there's something that draws it to you. And the characterization in this was just nearly spot on. In fact, <laughs> I was a little surprised that they went as far as parodying it as they did. And listening again to Nicholas Briggs in the uh, afterward where they were talking about this story, it was quite interesting that they had it even more similar and they had to pare it back because it was looking a lot too much like Top Gear. But I got a real – I mean it was totally a Top Gear vibe. I've never seen Top Gear and I knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. You know. but, uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I liked that they did that and went there. And it was, it, was, it was a fun parody. But it was, it was very much tongue-in-cheek uh, <laughs> parody of, of, of the characters on that show, Top Gear. We prefer satirical characters. Satirical characterization <laughs> is what it was. But, uh, yeah, it was – I like – what I liked best about this is that it's a Tin Little Indians. It's an Agatha Christie novel. It's a <laughs> but no centered, one around, centered around Top Gear. And that's the, that's the beauty of it is that by the time we unravel this and get to the end, no one is dead. And I liked that. And I liked the fact that it's also sort of a statement to – I think as far as uh, politics go and um, how politics are run and, and uh, all the way down to the idea that they have a spin droid, that the president has a that, spin droid I, I really that like she that listens to it. and it's a barometer for how people are accepting her and she makes decisions based on – solely based on her popularity. And it's something that I think happens on a lower level in real society mm-hmm. and it's actually quite deplorable and I like the fact that they – they played very fast and loose with that idea and said, you know, this is something that, you know, without going <coughs> out and saying this is actually what's happening or what we're going to come to, I, I like that they actually dealt with that issue and that topic as well. Yeah, I, I, what I really liked about the story was the politics and the, the mystery of it as opposed to, I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of the, the, Max warp trappings of it. it. It was okay, but it was kind of like yeah. And then especially the part where she goes, and part of why I this doesn't get a very big done 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 for me is when Lucy goes undercover. That whole thing is so uncomfortable to hear of 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 um, what's his face being so sexist toward her that it's just like e Jeffrey Vantage. Yeah, that took me out of the story almost because it was almost so far, almost too far that they took it. I think the only difference, or the, the only thing that made that go too far, because I mean, it was obviously done to make you hate the guy. Well, hate the guy. And you were supposed to be uncomfortable. And you were supposed to be uncomfortable with it. You were supposed to be very, very <clears throat> angry and, and frustrated with him. The only thing I think that maybe was missing a step there was that because she couldn't, at no point in time should she just kick his butt. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think Lucy being Lucy, that she probably seem- should have been a lot closer. To that moment, probably would have had to have been she restrained. Kind of with uh, a little bit more than I thought. Although it, it it really kind of shows her responsibility in the situation because she is undercover. She is working with the doctor too. So you kind of see that she puts enough trust in the doctor, and the doctor can have enough trust in her that she wouldn't let something like emotions that she, I mean, rightfully so, should have punch the guy in the nose, <laughs> but knowing that it, it wouldn't have done anything good to, or, you know, it would have damaged their investigation. So she completely rolls with the punches, mm-hmm. and, and I like that. I, that actually made me appreciate her more. Not that she had to take it, but the fact that she did and was able to keep it, it under control yeah. and, and handle it. That's the other thing is, I, I agree it was it was quite uncomfortable because it's very, very sexist the way they're going. And I, again, I think they're trying to drive a point that in, in in a lot of similarities to how a lot of people feel about Jeremy Clarkson, <laughs> and it's even more, it's even more of a uncomfortable situation when knowing now that Jeremy Clarkson is off of the they've they top they Top Gear's done they got oh, rid yeah. of it based on the controversy that was surrounding Clarkson and the difficulties they had with him. And so it's just that now knowing that on top of the fact that <laughs> we're listening to this characterization of, of of a guy who really kind of comes across that way in real life. 
what I like about this, I, th- I think there are many levels. I think you, you do get the, you know, f- right from the get-go, when you get the Max Warp intro, you're kind of going, oh, this is going to be one of those. So this is just going to be kind of a lighthearted, fun romp, and we're gonna we're just going to go, and we're going to yeah. get into some ridiculous situations, and we're going to have to deal with it. And we get that. Uh, with all of the, the, the great back and forth with Lucy and the Doctor about, you know, boys with toys and, uh, you know, uh, you know, the... Uh, just it's a car show. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah and the doctor's going, but look, we've got you know Hyperium dampeners on this one, and she's like, "Do you need to be alone?" <laughs> you know, which is a sexist remark. I mean, right from the get go, that we're kind of throwing it the other direction. That yeah. oh, it's a guy thing. So you, you, you get that level of it. It strikes a balance, though. Yeah, yeah, it does. But well, you needed that in order yes. to be able to make up for the oh, yeah. uh, the, the guy stuff later. But then it's setting the stage for that exactly. So you get that level up, but then you get the, the the political stuff with the president and the spin droid, and it's very Douglas Adams. It, it's it's one of those. No, it is. <laughs> they they literally quote Douglas Adams in the, in the episode. Very, it wasn't very Adams esque. It's very Adams esque. Um, where the the you get this idea of of something, and yet this is how we're going to play it off. It's it's ramped up to that degree of ridiculousness that it's like yeah okay whatever. Coupled with the fact that we have an ambassador who is apparently a fern, <laughs> you know these these are Adam's ideas, and so you you have all of this going on. The, the sponge, yeah. yeah, the spore, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I thought he was a plant, but um, I think a good impression was a fungus, the kith, a fungus of some sort, fungus of some sort. But, so you, you've got all this stuff going on, but then you kind of begin to realize as the story goes on that there is a legitimate threat of some sort of Armageddon that's about to happen. <laughs> that yes, the trappings are ridiculous, but that's we the, have that's, a that's, battle fleet yeah, that's, that's on its way. That's the germ of great storytelling in this, is that despite the trappings that there is such great political intrigue and ominous threats looming because of the Kith battle fleet. Right. And, and, and the motive... I, I, re, I didn't like the motivations behind his character of why he was doing what he was doing. And the, but then I don't the, like the motivica- motivations, well, I, but they were, I, I, it was a good I, solid. Motivation, yes. Yeah. yeah. Unlike such time when you get a villain, it's like, well, I'm a villain because this happened to me. And it's like, really? yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's your, that's your motivation. He almost <laughs> has noble motivations. He's just going about it in the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in a way. Yeah. That's the other thing that I really appreciate with this one is how many times you get those misdirections where we're going to set it up and we're going to give you this guy and he's going to be very unpleasant and very unlikable and you're all going to leap to the conclusion that he's the bad guy. And then it isn't. We're going to pull the rug out from under you and give you some misdirection and point you the wrong way. And they really don't in this one. I mean, we get a lot of ins and outs of the case that make you think, and, and Lucy's ridiculous, well, may, I think it's this person because... They wore blue shoes. And the doctor's like, what? <laughs> it crashed because they said ferrets. You know, what are you eating? You know. Those were some great moments where she was spouting off mammals, and he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> just trying to get the code work to work. Despite the fact that there's never been anything. He's, even, he's already discounted that theory, and she's still hammering away at it. That's so great. But, you know, so we, we give you some misdirections along the way as far as the case actually goes. But... No. Then we give you this big, heavy scene in the middle with him being sexist and very unlikable, and then it turns out, yeah, he is the bad guy. I kind of like the fact that it's a very cut-and-dried, you may have thought something else was going on, but no, we set it up for you at the beginning. The jerk did it. (laughs) It's just, oh, okay. Um, Another instance where psychic paper is almost invoked, but not quite. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently yeah. ran back into the TARDIS and manufactured some documents. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I got the impression that they were going with the going the psychic paper direction and then it didn't quite get there and I thought, uh, maybe you couldn't. But um and I, I love again, uh, Paul McGann and Sheridan Smith have such great chemistry where, you know, he's like, Oh yeah, we're gonna do this and she's like, Why? And he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we you'll have to forgive my uh, my assistant. I had to have her memory wiped off the last case. No, you didn't. See? <laughs> just, there was some really great dialogue. What are you talking this? about? And he elbows her in the ribs again. I'm counting these. <laughs> so I just, I really like this one. And listening to it on a second and third go through now, I still, I'm still there with it. I, it's just, it, it really, I for me, it holds together. It, uh, it is a fun romp. 
I like the fact. Oh, that it's fun. Those. I, I, oh, yeah. I think Keith and I agree that it's 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 an enjoyable story. It's I'm just, not going to sell you on it any harder than you, you know, you're already at. Yeah, it's, just, it's definitely not the best. It's not the cream of the crop. No, 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 no. But I, it's just it, it, it for me. Th- this for me kind of sums up why I listen to Doctor Who audio in 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 some ways because I get fun stories. I get things that enable me to go. Yeah, okay. Why well, not? I think <laughs> you occasionally the, get your dinosaurs on a spaceship. I think this <laughs> I think this hits a level that I think the eighth doctor stories, the eighth doctor adventures have been consistently this kind of feel of a story. Yeah. And a lot of fun and it really does feel like an adventure. And I think that because that's in the title, that's that that, that hits the nail. They they can't get real deep and heavy like they have sometimes in the in the main range. And they have gotten a bit heavy in the Eighth Doctor series, at least in the first series, but not without getting too dark and deep and brooding. And you can't do that in forty five minutes. And so these really feel like both of these stories really feel like the, the perfect fit for these, and I hope that they continue to maintain that level of maybe that's uh, what excellence. it is more than anything is is when you look at, at Paul McGann in Doctor Who the movie and you get a certain type of uh, of Doctor and a certain type of story, but you can't necessarily tell all of that story because you only have an hour and a half, and well, Sylvester McCoy's there for part of it, so twenty minutes of it. You know, you you, you have that, and then you see Paul McGann in Night of the Doctor, which is a very heavy episode even oh, though yeah. he's still light in it but that's really all you get and so for me i look at paul mcgann who i i've kind of said before that you know well, he very easily could be my doctor because i enjoy him so much and i think it's because of stuff like this this is the the stuff that i take away that i want to believe that the majority of his tenure in the tardis was this kind of adventure and not so much the time war kind of adventure, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, it's the leading up to the time war. That we, we, it's still there. That we, we know it's coming, but that, well, I have a feeling that once we get to the Dark Eyes series, all four parts of that, I have a feeling we'll get more of a a more of a Zagreus Eighth Doctor, right? Yeah, yeah, that that kind of where where that we almost went at that point with the Eighth Doctor. I, I, I quite frankly, I'm glad we got away from that. But I, it's a nice. It'll be interesting pace, to see nice, because yeah. I, I, they, the accolades for the Dark Eyes series are so high. I mean, everybody loves Dark Eyes, and they talk about how great they are. So, I have great expectations for them. But it's kind of nice to have this Eighth Doctor that we're really yeah. familiar with and, yeah. and, and really quite enjoy. Didn't I just see recently, or maybe not? I guess not recently. It's been within the last couple of months. I think that uh, Big Finish did a. Uh, what was the best release of? And, and and Dark Eyes kind of a, unanimously across the board mm, came out as the this is the highest of the highest of the high. That was a month or two ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. so. <clears throat> but I like I like light and fun and whipped cream and cherries, and that's kind of what I feel like I get yeah. with these. And, yeah. and like I said, listening to it a third time, uh, yeah. I but again, just, I think that's what you need with fun. a forty-five minute. Yeah, it's format. it's hard to do yeah. more in that format. And audio lends to this type of storytelling too, oh, because yeah. especially this story, because of the the visualizations that they paint in your mind, I think are really good. And, and, and some of them are. I'd go as far as saying some of the visualizations are a bit Adam esque, Adam's esque. But I, I, the, 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 the story itself didn't feel very Adams. Maybe the trappings did, and maybe the elements of it did. But not the, the the story and the and the maybe even more of the dialogue wasn't enough for me to say, okay, this was very Douglas. Oh, this, this is why you like it so much. It was written by Jonathan Morris. There is that. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is that too. No, uh, the the uh, what is the one? He, the uh, I looked it up. Well, there's right a, there's a line lifted, or there's a there's a uh, the the Lesler looks like a brick, steers like a shopping trolley. Well, yeah, but the 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 Lesler Lycron custom job is actually uh, one of the spaceships in uh, the car park in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, right. the the TV series. So, yeah, they they they, they you could tell Morris was was taking cues from Adams, but I just don't think he hit the Adams-esque feel for me. I think the spin tell you what, is hitting, very... Yeah. That's a Douglas Adams idea, yeah, I, think. I think. so, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, he, he was drawing from the ideas. I would give you that. What else did Jonathan Morris do that I liked so much? I don't know. You just keep praising him so much. 
Uh, Blood Tide, Flip Flop. A bunch we haven't listened to. <laughs> oh, he's Touched done a bunch, of, a bunch that are coming up <laughs> that we that I have listened to. So that's probably why. Maybe that's it. Touched by an angel. In the new this series. Is, oh, so this was his first eighth Doctor's adventure. Babblesphere. Babblesphere. Yeah. A couple of the fourth Doctor ones come in. Yeah, he's he's done. He's solid. I like it. <laughs> I like the money pit. That's where I come down. <laughs> you know, you know why I like this episode? It doesn't insist upon itself. <laughs> That's what I like about it. And I don't know about anybody else. Having never seen an episode of Top Gear, I'm really curious to know what the funky board looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Is that an actual? Or what? Yeah, I don't remember what they call it in the series itself but yeah they have a board and they put things up there and they and they, they they're they're rated on on one side or the other of the board it's either you know hot or not type thing mm-hmm. i can't remember exactly what how it how it's actually framed but it's yeah similar to that if they don't s- like something that goes on one side if they do like something that goes on the other and all yeah. three of them kind of have some <coughs> input into where these things go clark's always seems to kind of bully his opinion into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of like he did with O'Brien. Yeah. Oh, shut up, O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did kind of like their chemistry together, of the two of them, because it, it felt very much that relationship of the loudmouth bully and the the nerdy guy who's mm-hmm. there for the fun and because he loves the, the the person who really loves the job and the person who just is doing the job. It's, it's, it was a good dynamic. All right. And the shed stuff is great. <laughs> Time and relative dimensions in a shed. <laughs> I, going back to that, I thought it was quite interesting the way that that kind of turns because he's all giddy about all of the different spaceships and he's excited and he can't believe that, you know, don't you like spaceships? I mean, and it's funny that she's like, yeah, I could care less until – she turns and says, well, you know, there might be some real spaceships here, you know, unlike the TARDIS. There's proper spaceships. <laughs> it's like she had proper spaceships. So she's kind of like jabbing him a bit. I thought, that's kind of funny that she went from being, eh, could care less about spaceships to, well, you know, they might be better than this and kind of turning it around on him. So I thought that was kind of fun. That was a bit that felt a bit Donna. It's very reminiscent yeah. of yeah. the rocket ship guy. He's got a Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> You have a pinto. I can't remember what she actually said. Box. Maybe she does say shed. Surely Donna doesn't say shed. No, I don't think it was, I don't shed. Think it was shed. Shed, or shed. Must be a box. I don't remember. <laughs> Are your, um, I lost the train of thought. It just flew it right away. It derailed really quickly. <laughs> oh, the... Uh, uh, nope, it was just delayed at the station. It was... <laughs> <laughs> um... The simulator, where they get gassed. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Anybody slightly concerned? Yeah, yeah. a lot the, the, concerned. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I know this is only the second episode of the Eighth Doctor Adventures, and I've seen neither Doctor, so I know how far the Doctor gets. But I was like, how are we going to get out of this? And it, yeah. they really drive it into the planet. And I thought, huh? Oh. And then when you find out it was a simulator, I thought, oh, wow, that was really clever. <laughs> because there's a lot of, you know, when, when you put the Doctor's life in peril... It's really hard to sell a listener or a viewer on the fact that he's really in any sort of peril because we know that he that there's at least twelve incarnations of him, and I know he didn't regenerate at that point. So when you put the companion in peril, there's some concern. When you put the doctor in peril, there's not. And so to be able to to make <laughs> to me be concerned far. about something and go that yeah. far and then go, oh, you clever, clever all the, all the way up to the <laughs> end, and listening, we're not dead. Yes, I had noticed. <laughs> The computer, you have crashed into the surface. What? <laughs> Please exit the door to your left. <laughs> uh, it's good. Yeah. I, I like it. All right, maybe I liked it a little better than I made it at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of fun. great moments in it. Shall we be coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up on the schedule is more Paul McGann. Yay! We're doing one of our favorites, Doctor Who the Movies, this week's Friday Night Who, so please join us. 
If you have a copy, if you don't have a copy, you should rectify that situation immediately and go get a copy because it's awesome. Uh, and then we are doing uh, Beyond the Doctor next week because um, we will be watching Withnail and I, which I presume is pronounced Withnail and I. <laughs> and uh, with, you know. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> With Nile? With Nile, yeah. Oh, is, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's with Hyde Nile. Yeah. Um, but with Paul McGann. With Hyde Nile. And uh, um, then the following week, as we've mentioned before, uh, we are going to be doing um, The Crusade. The, what's the name of the company, Glenn? Loose Cannons. The Loose Cannons uh, version of the Crusade for Friday Night Who? Reconstruction. There's two episodes <coughs> that will be reconstructed. The other two episodes you can find on the Lost in Time box set right. for William Hartnell. If you have the box set, it's the William Hartnell version. If you've got the two parts, it's, uh, you know, the, if you bought them separately, obviously it's the Hartnell disc um, that you can get those on those. So you can see two of those that are actually you know, the full episodes, but two of those are we're doing the loose cannon uh, reconstruction. So you can join us for, for, uh, for the loose cannons. If you, if you can uh, acquire a copy of it, um, we uh, uh, will be talking about the crusade as a story. Obviously we're actually kind of reviewing it and then uh, the lost part of it and the fact that it had to be reconstructed in the audio. And we've also going to be reading the novelization. Yes. So if you yes. have not started that, you may want to, you got two weeks. That's sort of it. It's, it's, it's a quick read. It's only it like 160 some pages, and uh, uh, we, we sort of decided, I think, to do this because size font. It uh, <laughs> it's a pretty decent size font. Um, it, we I think we sort of decided to do that to give us a little more um, input and insight because a lot of times when you're watching these recons, it's kind of difficult to really kind of visualize. Obviously, because they're using telesnaps with these, it's really kind of hard to visualize what they're doing so if if we could get a little more help that's certainly what yeah. we're reaching for and so uh, that's why we've done this we're not requiring anybody no 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 but, it, I, but I, th- I think uh, it's unfortunate to i don't feel like i can review a story if i only watch two parts of yes it. agreed oh yeah absolutely. you know so i i think in order to and do I, it justice i also know. think that uh, the nice thing about this is david whitaker wrote this and he wrote the television story so uh, that's a that's an added that bonus because it would be different if you had one writer doing the, the, the TV series and then another one saying Terrence Dix novelized a lot of stuff right. that he Which, didn't originally write. And he did a great write. job. And he did a great job. But it's it's really good when we can get these novels that are also written by the same person that wrote it because you got to get some insight into what they were thinking um, for both both There videos. are full-page so, animations are or illustrations. illustrations yeah. And that, that thought ties into my thought that I mentioned off mic, which I will bring yeah. up in yeah. two weeks. <laughs> Um, I should mention, let's backing up to the loose cannon. If you if you have any of the reconstructions, um, all of them utilize audio that was recorded from the TV series, from the episodes themselves. So even if you have a different version of it that is has been, uh, and I, I, I I'm that's not, true. Yeah. I'm not familiar enough with all of the different various kinds of recons. I know there's at least seven different groups that were doing these, and and some of them didn't double up. Some of them didn't, you know, if somebody did. Uh, the crusade, then somebody else did something else. So they weren't they weren't always knowing that there was a, a version out there, or somebody might come along and do it better. But if you have for some reason out there, there is a reconstruction of the crusade that I'm not familiar with, but you have that because the audio track syncs up. You're going to have the same length that we are. You just may see some different. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see some different editing uh, style. Is what you're going to see is going to be the difference because the telesnaps they all use virtually the same telesnaps. They might just choose to use them in a different way as far as editing it together. I visually. suppose that's an interesting idea. Is that you could do a Friday night who listen along? Well, you if could you have the yeah. the audio. The BBC. On Twitter. The BBC also has released a lot of these uh, as CD tracks with linking errors. Narration. So if that helps you as well, and you would rather pop the DVD or the uh, BBC audio in, in fact, the Lost in Time box set has all four parts of this, and two of them are audio oh. only. So if you prefer to do it that way, that you're certainly – anybody that joins us this week that has the Lost in Time – Next week. Next week, not this week. Next week that has the Lost in Time um, discs – you have access to all four episodes. Uh, two of them just happen to be audio versions. So, but we I figured, did not realize that was on there. We yeah. figured it was time to introduce the. Uh, what, do you, what rank are you now? I, I can't call remember. you the newbie. Well, he's far from newbie. Yeah, <laughs> five years in. Novice. No, I'm yeah. way above <laughs> that. Above novice too. 
I, I've had. I think he's full. He's full blown. I'm he's, full blown. Yeah. No, no, he isn't. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. full blown. I'm at the, least the on par with thing, you, Sean. The only thing, well, <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing he lacks is the fact that he didn't have the experience from from childhood like we did. That's it. Yeah. That's really the only thing that does that. I mean, we still have a lot more Doctor Who knowledge, but as far as his capacity as a fan, I think time taught. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. All right, we so figured time it was time we'll to uh, <laughs> we'll go with that to, to, to get the time taught some of the lost ones. So that's that's what prompted that's right. that. That's right. Uh, and then uh, more schedule goodness is being hammered out uh, as we speak. So we'll have some more posted for you uh, soon on the schedule, which will be uh, kind of carrying us into February and Galley and uh, uh, book reviews and book clubs and all that kind of stuff. We should mention if anybody is going to Galley, uh, the three of none of us are going, right? We're not, we're not able to do so this year. I did not win the billion dollars. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> if there's anybody out there of our listeners that is going to Galley and would like to send us some audio as far as uh, commentary on what they experience, either as you're experiencing there each night, if you want to send send us something, we'll put it out as side trips, or if you just want to do something as a compilation at the very end, and just or kind of give us email, a full you know, full wrap. Yeah, even and, text. And the audio would be best, but if yeah, then next step, if you would just want to type something up for us that we could read on the show, that'd be great as well. All right. Uh, well, be sure to uh, visit www.travelingthevortex.com. We have various links and uh, goodies on the uh, right side of the page. You can click on there. Uh, most importantly is our Patreon page. If you'll consider subscribing to Patreon and supporting Traveling the Vortex there, we would be much appreciative. And, of course, if you're already supporting us through Patreon, we uh, continue to give our uh, gratitude and thanks uh, for doing so, um, there are also some links for Entertainment Earth and Amazon.com and anything that you buy there. A portion of those proceeds do come back to this podcast so that we can continue to give you the wonderful content that we give you on a week-to-week basis. You can also find us on the various forms of social media, which include... We are on Facebook at Traveling the Vortex, uh, Twitter at Travel Vortex, Google+, the Goodreads Book Club, uh, YouTube. YouTube, and of course... We need to use our YouTube channel more often, I think. On our website, there's that handy form where you can send in feedback, like Scott did. Uh, Just fill that out, and you can send it to us, or if you don't want to go to our website to do that, you can send it to us at feedback at travelingthevortex.com. And it will come through to us, and we will read it on the show. You can also reach out to us on any uh, of the social media, too. Twitter and... Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. (laughs) Which I Thanks for said. qualifying that, Sean. <laughs> oh, for those people that might not know what the other <laughs> social media the, 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 are. The ones I just said. How come we don't have a Snapchat? I don't know. How come we don't have a Snapchat? Because Sean hasn't set it up yet. No, we have no, a Periscope. No, no. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't know. We have a Pinterest, you, too, you could send me. <laughs> do we have a Pinterest? I don't think we have a Pinterest. Oh. No. Did you mention good We could have a Pinterest. I, I kind of zoned out. I'm yeah, sorry. obviously. <laughs> Is that going to do it for this week? Um, the, uh, the, We're also on Instagram. <laughs> we are on Instagram, yes. The the great and fantastic let's get to 400 likes on our Facebook page is sadly, once again, falling a little short this weekend. <laughs> We're at 395. I, I, framed, I framed it wrong last week because I think people liked the post that I put up. They yeah, didn't you said, like hey, our like this Facebook post. Page. Well, and I, I went did, like, and I, I went, did wait the, a minute. I, well, I did. <laughs> I thought that I thought the uh, text on the image spoke for itself, and then it occurred to me that I said, "Please like and share this uh, post." And the like and share this post was for the idea of getting it out, getting yeah, that post out there, right. that so people would come to our website or to our Facebook page. And it didn't occur to me until I think you had posted it and said, redirecting people to the page to like there, that this week I reposted and took the like this post out there and just said share. So uh, <coughs> where are we at? 390. 395. Oh, we were there last week. <laughs> we got three so we were, last week. We were 394. So, yeah. Well, no, are you sure? Yeah, by the end of the oh, week, okay, we're good. So well, we, we got like we three likes. One. We got three likes out of it last weekend, so. So if you haven't liked us on Facebook, go and like us on Facebook. <laughs> and if you know anybody that hasn't liked us on Facebook but would like to like us on Facebook, please send them there to like us on Facebook. Please like us. <laughs> please. Please vote for me. We uh, up with a I should take Facebook this time thing. to mention, too, um, you can find us on iTunes, and we would be much appreciative if you go on there and give us a review. Um, 
ideally we'd like a five star um, because that kind of gets us out there uh, a little more and gets uh, some more attention to the podcast uh, for people. That sounds like we're desperately pleading for people. To <laughs> but yes, please, uh, please go give us a review on uh, iTunes because that certainly does help promote our show as well. And if you don't like us, send us an email and let us know why. What did we do? <laughs> I'm, I'm being I'm being serious. I would like to know if there are people that what, were like, what, what can we do that you would like? You know, I tried listening once, and you guys kind of suck. If they don't, you don't like know anything us, about they England. did not get to this point in this podcast <laughs> to find out that we want them to tell us why they didn't. Like if this is their first time, yeah. if this is your first time, welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. These goodbyes have been brought to you by... You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.